You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, hey, happy Halloween week, Mallory. It's Halloween Ooh. week. And we're talking about a new kind, a new genre, a genre we have taken notice of. Uh, and it is called Sporer. That's mushroom-themed horror, folks. <laughs> Get excited. Oh, yeah. We're talking about that, and we're interviewing Paolo of the show, past guest of the show, Clay McLeod Chapman. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just started a book that I feel like the glassers are going to enjoy. It is called Small Town Big Magic. I thought it was a good Halloween-y sort of read. It I is, almost um, bought this fun, book recently just because of the title. It's a fun witchy rom-com. Basically, it's about um, a woman. She lives in a small town, um, and she owns a bookstore, and she lives in the Midwest, and she's just really, her goal is just to make the town as great as possible. She works for the city council, um, and what she finds out is, hold on, let me see if this is given away. Yes, this is all given away already, is that strange things basically start happening, and paranormal things start happening, and it turns out witches are real and she is is a is a descendant of one and she could possibly be one and she finds out that her powers basically start to come back even though this whole town is I, i'm not giving anything away this is all all on the goodreads page the whole town is full of witches everyone in that town is a witch and at age 18 you if you are not if you're if you have dim magic you're not great at magic you can choose to leave town or you can choose to stay but have your memory wiped of anything magical. And she had dim magic. She was not great. So she chose to have her memory erased. But now, for some reason, her powers have come back and her friends tell her all about what this town is. This town is like a haven for witches. And she has to figure out um, if, uh, like, why this is happening and what to do. And also, she has to keep her powers a secret. So it's good. It's like a, it's like a fun, witchy book. Set in a small town with a secret. So it checks a lot of boxes, I think, for me and, and for the glassers. Yeah, and there's a romance element good. to it as well. What are, what are you reading, Melly? I'm reading a buzzy horror book that I was supposed to save for the readathon, uh, which as we're, we are recording this before the readathon, um, and I couldn't wait because it looks so good. It's Jackal by Aaron E. Adams. I saw that on your stack. Oh my God, it is so good. I think you'd really like this. So it's about this woman and she has moved from her very small town in Pennsylvania to the big city. She's been gone for a long time and she's super successful at her job, but her marriage, her, um, her engagement has just ended. So uh, she's coming back for her best friend's wedding. And even though she is like a super high powered job, she kind of feels like she's coming back as a failure. And everyone's kind of like, Oh, I thought you were supposed to come back with your fiance. And she's like, no, we broke up. And, um, she doesn't like she does, she never comes back to her small the small town because when she was a teenager she was very um close to an abduction that happened this young girl that she knew was taken in the woods and uh, it's kind of messed her up for a really long time and she never really wanted to come back and she's very creeped out about the woods there and that night this is not a spoiler this is like first line of the um of the jacket copy 
at that night at the wedding that's in the middle of the woods at this like cool barn, her best friend's daughter gets taken and no one knows where she went. No one knows what happened. And she starts to connect the dots and realizing this is a pattern that happens where it's always a young black girl. It's always at a party. It's always near the woods. These girls have been being taken for years. So she needs to solve what is going on and find her goddaughter before something really bad happens. And it like kicks off with a bang. The writing is really good. I am loving it so far. It's very spooky. Uh, so that's Jackal by Aaron E. Adams. And mine is Small Town Big Magic by Hazel Beck. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. A few episodes ago, we read some listener feedback from someone who saw a cool sporer display at Powell's. So this feedback is from the bookseller that made oh, that display. Wow, they were this listening? This is one of my favorite pieces of feedback we've ever gotten. It is so cool. Oh. Um, so this feedback is, Dear Mallory and Bria, I'm Kirsten. I work at Powell's on Hawthorne in the genre slash kids room. Someone came in today and asked about the mycological horror display. I did that display last month for my first ever curated display. It had tons of books on it that I was introduced because of your podcast. Aww. Wow. So what cool. A, what a when circle. I was in college, really, I fell in. Really have gotten into like a reading glasses like a... Uh, yeah, there's some sort of like s- circle, Loop. closing a circle here. So Kirsten says, when I was in college, I fell in love with reading for the first time after listening to Reading Glasses. I'm behind lately, but I've been listening for years and I even drove up to Seattle to see oh. Mallory speak when she did her book tour for Lady from the Black Lagoon. I did a spooky teen graphic novel display this month and had previously requested copies of Mary to be brought in. So those are on display now and I've been excited to recommend it for the Halloween season. This is all to say that I'm a fan and a glasser and I owe y'all so much for bringing me into the reading world after so much time being too intimidated to join in someone came in and she asked me where the mycological horror display was which isn't up right now since it was for last month i asked how she even knew about it and she said reading glasses had someone <laughs> right in and it was mentioned on the show that i melted into the floor and passed away because that's a dream come true and i had no idea anyone even knew about it it sold a few books and i was really proud of it already but hearing that made me feel super happy and excited um oh my god bria you want to read the rest of this uh, sure uh it continues i've I almost lapsed a full year working as a bookseller, and it's a job that makes me endlessly happy. But I would not have found it if it had not been for your podcast. I'm an illustrator on top of uh, working full-time as a bookseller. I'm hoping to eventually go part-time and work in publishing and illustrating book covers for YA and horror. I want to work for Laura Panapinto one day. That's so nice. The TLDR of all of it— And Kirsten, I did send this email to Lauren. Oh, that's great. (laughs) The TLDR of all of it is that I love you guys, and being introduced to reading glasses drastically changed my life's direction. Hearing some silly display I did made it back to you guys really means the world to me. I'm embarrassingly emotional writing this. It's so small, but this, to me, is the coolest thing ever. We also think it's the coolest thing ever. What a fun... Oh, my God. I'm getting embarrassingly emotional uh, yes, reading this. this me means, too. Like, this is the whole reason we do the show. And hearing that it makes such a difference to people, like, really gets to me. This is, this is like, one of my favorite pieces of fan mail we've ever gotten. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want the want the list for the mycological horror display, I can give you a rundown of what we chose and why. I also run a really dorky little Instagram where I take I post all the shelf talkers summaries and arts art I do for incoming books, mostly horror at the store, and we'll link to, link to that in the show notes. It's Kirsten's Book Nook. You can also go to Kirsten underscore Valerie underscore Illustration. Wow. That's... Yeah, we'll put a link to the show notes in that. So and cute. Kirsten, yes, we do want the list of what you of what you chose and why. And wow, this seriously made my entire day when we got also, this. I this love email. the glasser that went in and asked about the display. Like, what a fun follow-up. <sighs> oh my God. This is just like five this is five layers of amazing. And also I Kirsten, you gotta write in with your wheelhouse at some point. We gotta know 
what the wheelhouse is here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes. Please follow up. Send us a follow up. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show, deliver to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Just want to do a quick shout out to all the folks who have stepped up and signed up to support us on maximumfund.org uh, to keep the newsletter free because it still is free and you sign up in the in the, in the show notes. Uh, we do a new uh, expanded newsletter now every month with all the books we talk about on the show every month, plus extra recommendations from Bria and I, and then like fun seasonal stuff that we're talking about. And yeah, we just got an email from Maximum Fund this morning saying that even more people have signed up to support us. Uh, it really means a lot. And because of that, we're able to keep doing the newsletter and uh, we we really appreciate it. Uh, there's also a, a bookmark about Bria's new movie. Oh yeah, my new movie, Torn Hearts, is available for free on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of us do, and you want to watch a, a spooky movie, it's not spooky. It's it is. It's a thriller. It's more of a thriller, but uh, it stars Katie. It's still a good Halloween movie, though. Yeah, it stars Katie Seagal uh, as a uh, country singer, and things go wild when uh, two other young country singers come to her house to try to get them her to do a song with them. And yeah, it's for free on Amazon Prime. And thank you for everyone who watched it because it was on the top ten watched things this past week uh, on Amazon. Like overall, it was like number four watched movies so that was amazing and those kind of numbers obviously really helped me so yeah add it to your queue let it play in the background it's free now you don't even have to pay for it but that kind of stuff means a lot <laughs> to my career but you should watch it because it's one of my favorite movies of the year oh, it's brilliant it's so good great halloween movie um so before we talk about spore we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent. Soylent, which is the original food tech company and makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. You have the complete protein drink. You have the complete energy drink. You have the complete meal drink, which I have a ton of in my cabinet right now in the vanilla flavor. It is my favorite. They are all convenient and ready to drink shakes. The complete meal I love because it provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, 400 calories of slow burning carbs, and it's tasty. It tastes like a milkshake. It's delicious. You know what I dislike is doing dishes, is making a big, huge meal, <laughs> takes so much time, and then I have to do dishes. Guess what? With Soylent, it's an easy meal. You do not have to do dishes. If you are on the run, you can drink this thing in your car. You don't have to sit down. You don't. There's no cleanup. There's no cooking. There is no mess. And I appreciate that very much about Silent. Plus, there's some chocolatey flavors. You're going to love this creamy chocolatey goodness, which is, you know, obviously something I enjoy. Maybe you don't know this about me. I'm a chocolate monster. Um, but I, <laughs> I love this chocolate flavor. It actually tastes good. Um, Y'all know we love Soylent. We can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, I have a lot of supplements to take for powerlifting, and I got to take them in the morning. And my problem is that I don't like eating breakfast. One, I don't want to make a big meal in the morning. Two, I don't want to clean up after a big meal. No one wants to like wake up and cook. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you do, but God, you're probably the kind of person who like meditates and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, God, I am not that. But the great thing about Soylent is I can drink a complete meal and this like delicious shake, and then I have a 
food in my stomach and breakfast, and then I can take all my supplements so I can be a beefcake. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it. It is complete balanced nutrition made from U.S. grown sustainable stores ingredients, which means it's good for you and good for the planet. And it, it you, I, I take it for breakfast, but you can, you know, have it any time a day, whether you need a quick lunch, um, extra, you know, pick me up in the afternoon, whatever it is, Soylent's got your back. And you can go to Soylent.com slash glasses right now and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's quite a lot. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. So that's Soylent.com slash glasses. 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 I'm Jesse Thorne. On the next Bullseye, our annual Halloween Spectacular. We'll interview Anna Fabrega from Los Spookies, Monet Exchange from Drag Race, and the great R.L. Stein, creator of Goosebumps. You know, I don't really get too deep into the real fears. It's a lot safer to do a dummy coming to life. That's on the next Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. week happy halloween it is our favorite holiday and my personal favorite time of year to read so we've done halloween specials about witches we've done them about werewolves even one about spooky books that aren't too scary and this halloween we're talking about horror's hottest trend mushrooms (laughs) also known as spore bria what is spore uh it's a new genre it's a a subgenre of horror i won't say it's new we've we've seen spore in the past i think it just now suddenly has a name but um it has been growing. <laughs> that's Mallory's joke. Uh, it's been growing, pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, uh, over the past decade, and um, it's I, there's been a lot more of it in the past year or two, yes. and we definitely noticed it, and other people have noticed it as well. But it's basically a subgenre of horror that involves mushrooms, fungus, uh, in in all sorts of ways, in body horror, um, in locations. Um, uh, you could just be inside a giant mushroom. That would be spore too. Uh, so anything mushroom or f- <laughs> a fungi related. Yeah, and it's often mixed with like um, zombies, like Girl with All the Gifts or ghosts, like um, our wonderful guest in today's book. Um, so you can you can you can make spore with whatever. It's like um, the genes of horror. Yes, <laughs> you can very mix much. it with whatever you want. Yes. Um, but Bria, when did we start noticing this was becoming a trend? Well. I- I, I tried to do some re- research on this, but I remember people responding very positively to Mexican Gothic, obviously. And um, that was a couple years ago. And it had a spore element. And I think that was one that really kicked off things. But um, I didn't hear the term until this year, until much more, until much recently. I think you told me. You were like, do you know what people are calling mushroom no, horror? A glasser wrote oh, in. Oh, nice. A glasser wrote in and was like, I love mushroom horror. It's Sporer. And we were like, oh my God. That's very yes. cute. Very cute. <laughs> Interestingly, Sporer is also uh, used for sports horror. Um, so that uh, is another way you Ooh, can combine use the two. Spore. Oh my God. Uh, but I was thinking like uh, We Pride Upon Sticks like is a good sports sports horror uh, a book. So that could, Ooh, that's a different yeah. kind of Sporer. But today we're talking about the mushroom kind, um, which I also find that it, it coincides with a lot of gothic fiction, it seems, because it's like yes. big spooky house. It's damp. It's dark. Uh, so it seems like it's kind <laughs> of uh, 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 going in that direction. But we've seen it in sci-fi horror. We've seen it in all sorts of places. Mm-hmm. 
I do love I do love a damp horror mm, book. Yes, yes. They're in a spooky damp place. Sign me up. Uh, so why do we think people are getting into it? We've definitely seen people seen it ramp up in the, the past year or so, get a lot of fan mail about it. What what is appealing about Spore? I mean, I think mushrooms are gross, personally. Like, I, I mean, not like, um, like, I like them if they're cooked, but I don't like a lot. Like, you know when someone was like, I want a mushroom-filled pizza? Like, ooh, too many mushrooms grosses me out. No, um, I feel the same way about mushrooms that I feel about tomatoes, as I like mushroom, like, I like a mushroom gravy, but I don't want to eat a mushroom. Oh, you know I want to I mean? eat a mushroom. Like, I like salsa, but I don't want to eat a tomato. I like both of those things. I like them both. I just don't like too many mushrooms. That's, like, in large quantities, they start to freak me out. And I, I read one theory. I feel like that's the whole underlying theme of the sporer yes. genre, though, is too many too mushrooms. Too many mushrooms. <laughs> um, I did read one theory that mushrooms, uh, they're they kind of freak humans out because they just pop out, pop up out of nowhere. So like no sign, nothing there. And then suddenly it rains and like, Hey, there's a mushroom. And which is kind of weird to us. Like normally when things grow, it becomes, it takes like a long time. Also they do grow in these dark, damp places, like damp places. So, uh, I, it's something that horror fans like, cause like Mallory, a lot of people horror love a damp. Love, a, love the damp. Mallory loves to sit down, put on a humidifier, uh, just keep it real damp in that room. <laughs> um, but I think it's just, wow, she's literally, she just <laughs> held up her humidifier. She has a little mini humidifier. <laughs> Loves a damp, damp room, um, which doesn't go well with books, Mallory. I don't know how It's good how for your skin. <laughs> it is good for your skin. Um, but I personally, I think it's a fun new way into horror that can be gross and weird and it kind of disturbs us a little bit on some weird level that we don't totally understand. What What about you? Why do you think people are getting into sporer? I think the newness is it. It's I, I, Horror is a genre with a lot of established tropes and subgenres. So I think that anything new and fresh is going to attract readers. Um, you know, incorporating a mushroom element makes a subgenre, even one that is like a very established, feel like something you haven't seen before. You know, Mexican Gothic is, is a great example of this because it's like a very classic Gothic haunted house story. But the mushroom element, along with some other elements of the book, makes it feel so exciting and new and makes it hard. Like a lot of, there's so many tropes, you know, ghosts, haunted houses, whatever it is that you can start to kind of guess what's going to happen. But I feel like with Mexican Gothic, the mushroom element was such a huge surprise that you really didn't know what was going to happen. And for like hardcore readers of the genre, I think that's really appealing, um, myself included. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of ourselves, Bria, are you into Sporer? I like, you I like it. You're not into Sporer? I feel the opposite way about it that I feel about mushrooms on a pizza. Like I can take a lot of Sporer, <laughs> less mushrooms on my pizza. Here's the thing. I'm not, people are going to be mad about this. I'm not disparaging a mushroom pizza. Like I like the 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 proper pizza combination for me is mushrooms, olives, and bell peppers. That's like my favorite combo. So I do like mushrooms. I just don't I think like the too last many. pizza we had together had mushrooms on yeah, it. Yeah, I always put mushrooms on a pizza, but I don't want too many, and I don't want those kind that look like little worms. You know those kind. Sometimes they put <laughs> the those little ones, the, the long, long ones. Don't ones. put a long mushroom on my pizza. I don't. It weirds me out. I, I those can be like in stir fries, <laughs> but when you put them on a pizza, I start to wonder. Is this some sort of spell you're trying to put on me? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> um, Creepy. So I think, yes, I like them, and I like them in large quantities, unlike a pizza. <laughs> um, I, I like it. I'm into it. I find it creepy and gross. Um, and I, there's, I, I don't like too much gross stuff in horror, but I, I like a certain amount, and this is a good gross 
a good gross place to dive into for me. Um, what about you? You like it too. I'm into it. I think it's wicked cool to see a new wave of something in horror. Um, I don't know if I'd add it to my wheelhouse mm. per se, but I, I think I can say it would pique my interest if I saw a book in a bookstore that mentioned mushrooms in the jacket copy. Yeah. Um, I personally think fungus is very terrifying. Yeah. It's not a plant, but it's also not an animal. It's its own thing. It doesn't need sunlight. Yeah. It can communicate with other funguses. Yeah. It can take over your body. Yeah. There's just a lot of like inherently creepy things about mushrooms. Um, in fact, because of that, I think we're going to see a lot more body horror that involves mushrooms um but i am i am pro spore and uh i'm happy to see um more more authors delve into that world mm-hmm. um are you got any spore recommendations for for our halloween listeners yeah i mean a book that i feel like a lot of people really liked um uh this year was what moves the dead by t kingfisher great spore <sighs> it's a retelling so of the fa- fall of the house of usher which apparently has a fungal theme did you know that i haven't read that book or maybe yeah, I, I have a, a while ago, and I think, yeah, I think it there it was mentioned that were like there were weird mushrooms, but I don't think Poe goes into it like Kingfisher does. Got it. Um, yeah, and then I also want to shout out what you said earlier. Like, there are spore books that aren't just like there's a lot of haunted house ones, I think. But um, the girl with all the gifts by Emma Carey, I love that book. It's great fungal horror with zombies, but the fungus isn't what you think it is, and that I I really like. And yeah. there's and he uses um uh uh like fung fungi. What's the difference? Fungi is like multiple fungus. <laughs> or is it multiple so. kinds? Is it one of those kind of plurals? Oh no. Anyway, the fungus in the book is not what what you think it's going to be. There's like a surprise, and I feel like that book it had a it was kind of a hit a couple of years ago, and I'm always trying to shout it out because I just think it was like a really creative zombie book. Yeah, and there was that because the movie of it came out a few years ago, right? Yeah, I thought the movie was pretty good. Um, I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's worth watching. Um, and then obviously we have Clay on, and his book is Sporer, and um, it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise Sporer. I hope that's not a. That's not a- no, it, I mean it's it it it's not a it's it's a surprise what the what the mushrooms do. Yes. It's not a huge shock as to the fact that there are mushrooms there. Yeah, yeah. But it is. I will co-sign that. Uh, I would have talked about it more if we didn't have Clay coming up next. Yeah. Um. But I I got to read an early copy of this, and I love all of Clay Clay's books. But this one, um, it's such a unique take on us on like the haunted ghosty genre. Mm-hmm. It's such a smart book, and it's truly scary, and it's just so brilliant. I love it. So if you are looking for a good spore, Ghost Eaters by Clay McLeod Chapman is a great one. Um. It also. Wouldn't be a Halloween episode if I didn't find a way to recommend something by Caitlin Kiernan. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I am such a Caitlin Kiernan devotee. Um, the first book in their Tinfoil Dossier series, it's a novella trilogy from Tor.com. And it was a really creepy mushroom element where there's this cult that injects themselves with this fungus. Ugh, and... Uh, it is re- cults are already we all know, if you've listened to the show for a long time you know that I'm very creeped out by cults because I don't like group activities and but they like inject yeah they inject themselves with a fungus and clearly nothing good is going to happen mm-hmm. when they do that and it's like super creepy and it's so great Honestly, and it's like mushrooms are around nothing good happens I I it, like I don't know if I can happens. find I mean I'm sure there's some examples in positive mushroom books there's some mushroom enthusiasts out there that are like they help the world and I'm sure they do and they are great i'm sure they're they are wonderful but in books most of the time they are a signal that things are going poorly yeah there's a really great book a nonfiction book called the entangled life by merlin drake which is 
what other person would write a book about mushrooms than somebody named Merlin Drake? <laughs> uh, but it's like a uh, really great nonfiction book about about mushrooms. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, if you if you're reading a book and some mushroom stuff comes up, unless it's a book about a pizza place, you are <laughs> probably in the in, in in for something creepy. Uh, also, a book we used to talk about all the time and haven't recently is uh, "The Beauty" by Aaliyah Whiteley. It's about a world where all the women have died and mushrooms start growing on the graves of the women who have died, and the mushrooms start turning into something sentient. And it is super weird, but it is super awesome. Both these books that I'm recommending. Um, uh, oh my god, I didn't even put the name um it's agents of dreamland mm. is the caitlin kiernan the first one in the caitlin kiernan series and the beauty are both very short so if you're looking for like a quick fun halloween spore read these are both really great um yeah so if you have just, spore thoughts yeah or, or oh, just walk yeah. or just walk over to the damp corner of your house and reach your hand in and you're gonna find a nice <laughs> Go down little, to the basement a little horror book based on mushrooms <laughs> Ugh, I, uh, the, I remember seeing a post on social media that uh, Merlin Drake, who wrote The Entangled Life, he actually planted or like grew mushrooms out of his author copy of the book. Oh, that's amazing. So, <laughs> you know, those like uh, something ear mushrooms that people like grow, get kits in and they grow it to like eat them did at home. Ear mushroom? He did that oh, with Oh, wood ear mushrooms. You know, when you say yeah. just ear mushrooms, for some reason that is really gross, but just wood ear mushrooms, but that's fine. wood ear is fine? Yeah, wood ear <laughs> is like a kind of mushroom that I can recognize, but something about a, uh, yeah, I don't know. You're thinking of mushrooms growing out of people's ears. I did, ears. and it grossed me out immediately. Yuck. Um, but we would love to hear uh, lis- you, listener, your spore recommendations. Uh, you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we have a wonderful interview about spore with one of our favorite, favorite spooky author friends, Clay McLeod Chapman, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Ritual. Gaps in the diet should not be ignored. Over 90% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s, especially now in this world where most of us spend all our time inside. Vitamin D is can be scarce, but you know who can help you out? Ritual. Definitely. So Ritual's essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin. You heard that right. Essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin. It was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. That's a lot of us. We're 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. And if you're looking to support other aspects of your body, Ritual just released Symbiotic Plus. It is a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic. The whole biotic spectrum is covered here, folks. All in one minty capsule. Ritual is committed to third-party testing from USP and the non-GMO project. Traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, which is very exciting, and always clear communication. No shady stuff only support for your body so if you want to try out these wonderful multivitamins or symbiotic plus you can go right now to ritual.com slash glasses because ritual is offering our listeners 10 percent off your first three months so go to ritual.com slash glasses and turn healthy habits into a ritual that's 10 percent off at ritual.com slash glasses so that's ritual.com slash glasses 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 Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. 
I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me? So here we are with one of our favorite spooky reading glasses authors, Clay McLeod Chapman. Clay, what are you reading for this spooky season? Oh my God, you totally did this to me. You made me read The Nest. I that did make like, you read The Nest. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if I can forgive you. That book was scary. That book is written, there's no way that that book is written for, for younger readers. That's like, that is some like intense stuff right there. Yeah, that's sort of the thing. <laughs> it's it's ostensibly middle grade, but uh, it is one of the scariest books I've ever read. What? So uh, so I, tell us about it. What did you like it? I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I, I you know, it's it, it's kind of embedded in the head now. Where, um, what is the nest about? It's by Kenneth Opal and Opal. I hope I'm yes. saying that name right. I, that's what um, I say. Yeah. Um, Little young young boy, um, middle school age boy is um, has a uh, a younger sibling uh, in the house now, and you know parents are fretting over this new child. It's it's kind of unclear. There's like a vague kind of concern, and a lot of trips to the hospital, and you know they're they're very worried that um, you know baby dose is not is is not doing very well. Um, and it just so happens to be dovetailing at the same time with a, uh, I guess you could say like a paper wasp nest being kind of assembled outside this young boy's bedroom window. And, uh, the, you know, I, I don't know if I, how much further I want to go other than that these two kind of events uh, tether themselves together in oh, and it's so creepy nightmarish <laughs> ways humanly possible I, I i mean oh my god um it really makes me not want to look at paper wasp nest <laughs> and it's ever. such a or deceiving book because you look at it and the print is so big and you're like oh this is a kid's book and then you are being ushered into a nightmare nightmare realm <laughs> i mean you you could easily read it as an adult and it could fuck you up. Yes. You can, if, if you read it, 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 the target audience, oh my God. Like, how does this book not traumatize children? How come they're not like campaigns to have this book <laughs> burned? I mean, it's like, it, I mean, like it, it is one of those kind of profound books that like, I, I never, 
is this a recent book? This book is recent, right? It has yeah, to Yeah, and the way I look at it is I think that for kids, and you know, you you have written lots of horror for kids, things are already so hyperbolic for children that, you know, when you're a kid, everything's going to kill you. Everything is, is, is the, the stakes feel so much higher. So for kids reading this, they always kind of live in that world of, yeah. of things being so intense. And, uh, you know, one of the things I love about it is it's such a great sort of, you know, exploration of, being an anxious child and not being told things when you're a kid because uh, the parents are trying to protect you. Um, yeah. So it, I, I, I can actually see where it would hit harder as an adult, if that makes yeah. sense, <laughs> even though it yeah. seems strange. Yeah. I mean, and as the father of two boys, like I just can't help, but you know, I, you know, like there's, there's this, just this strange intensity of these, the, the older boy and how how like you know his anxiety and he's kind of dealing with his you know his own kind of uh anxiousness and like it just you your heart breaks but at the at the same time like it is it is terrifying <laughs> <laughs> well i am so glad that uh i got to give you such a spooky experience for halloween <laughs> I will bill you my therapy uh, <laughs> from here on out because good God. Listeners, I, mean, I literally I'm... mailed this book to Clay and said with a card that said, Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. You're never going to get sleep again. Because <laughs> I'm a sick freak. Uh, yeah. Well, but speaking of scary books that we love, can you tell us about your new book, Ghost Eaters? Yeah. I mean, I guess the kind of short and sweet of it is that it's about a haunted drug. Uh, imagine that you could pop a pill and see the dead, like see ghosts. Um, and it just so happens that, you know, you know, the more, you know, now that we can see these, these spirits, they, they're aware of being seen and they either might not want to be seen or really, really need to be seen. And, um, you know, the, the kind of side effects are pretty intense. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like the, uh, you know, the, the cheese ball elevator pitch is that it's train spotting meets poltergeist. But uh, I mean, that's a <laughs> as far as elevator pitches go, that's a great one. I, I mean, like, I, I wanted to write about addiction. I wanted to write about grief and, and, you know, just kind of asking that that question of like, what is it? What is it like to be haunted? Like, I, like I, I wanted the idea of like a, like a seance in a pill, like something that, you know, like, I mean, I love House of Leaves. I love, I love, you know, haunted house books or films or stories that, that basically, you know, they might not necessarily reinvent the, the, the horror, like the, the, the kind of trope of haunted houses, but they, they allow you to see it in a different way or just kind of like, like the architecture kind of changes. Um, oh, I think you so annihilated yeah, that, the... that in this book. <laughs> We're haunted. We are the haunted houses. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's so brilliant. It is one of the most brilliant horror books I've ever read. And I'm a haunted stuff aficionado. Um, but there's another really important element to this book. And um, I don't know how much you want to talk about it without spoiling it, but there is a mushroom element to Ghost Eaters. And this is our big Halloween spore special. So you want to... Yes talk a little bit about that element without spoiling too much absolutely i mean like i mean you know in the writing of ghost eaters like i was really i mean i had to figure out like what is this drug like how do we like how you know i was creating a new drug and it, the drug itself is called ghost uh 
Um, and, you know, there was this idea of like, what if they snort the ashes of cremated bodies? Or what if they like, you know, like what, like it was like trying to think of like the kind of cool correlative of a narcotic that has a certain kind of like, uh, like phantasmic element to it. Um, and then, you know, as soon as like, I, I don't know what it was, and, and it was just mushrooms. I mean, mushrooms just like popped into my head. And, you know, of course, I don't know about you, but maybe there's that, you know, let's just say hypothetically that, you know, there were those those bad mushroom trips that we took just, in our kind of collegiate yeah, years. Just hypothetically. Hypothetically, totally hypothetically. Um, like shrooming is one of those, you know, it's not LSD, but it is, yeah, like it is, it it is what it is. It's its own ride, its own. Trip. It sure is. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, what's in 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 kind of speaking of spore? I I mean, it is. There is nothing, nothing. Maybe aside from paper wasps, but like nothing <laughs> that that I find more terrifying than the kind of the internal invasion of fungus of mushrooms well that's what i was going to ask you about next is what is scary about mushrooms and fungus to you oh my god it's the it's it's really the notion that you by the time you realize that your body is in essence becoming is like being converted by mushrooms oh my god it's too late like it's it's like it's like almost like john carpenter's the thing where it's like like mushrooms and spores and fungus like it it invades you it like permeates you and it's either that you have you know inhaled a spore or you've been exposed you've been exposed to something some element that is either infinitesimal or invisible like it's just you're just not aware of it and yet suddenly you begin to change from the inside out and you know, like in in nature, mushrooms basically are they're they're like terraformers. They they can kind of <laughs> convert, you know, elements of of the 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 earth, the soil, body. Like you know, like it it basically makes something out of something else. Um, and I, when you apply that to horror to the genre, it is, you know, it's it's absolutely terrifying, horrifying. But it, it's, and I think what gives it its real true power is the fact that it's not necessarily untrue. Like it's, it's, it hews so close to like what is of the natural world, of the real world, that uh, it feels almost kind of like extra scary because it's real-ish. Yes, real-ish. absolutely. I mean, that's how I felt about ghost eaters. <laughs> I don't know. Like when I read Mexican Gothic, when I read What Moves the Dead, or I mean, even like, God, what was it? the um the girl with all the gifts? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're in this, we're in this world where these things like, you know, mushroom, mushroom zombies, that's not real. Come on. But it's like, well, you know, then you can like do a little Googling around and you're like, oh my God, like the the cordyceps fungus or the like these these are things that that have a root <laughs> in uh, <laughs> in nature, and that's uh, yeah, it's it just, very it scary. Just, yeah, 
Totally so, scary. But Ghost Eaters also deals a lot with grief, which for some reason I love books that deal with grief. I do not know why. But so for you as the writer, how are mushrooms and grief related? <laughs> it's it's such a strange question if if you haven't read the book. But I do think that like they kind of go hand in hand in my mind because mu- mushrooms are like the goth, like they're like totally goth. Like they're just like... They're, they're, they like, really they're, are though. They totally are like the goth element of nature. It's like, hey, mushroom, what's up? <laughs> like the world is black. Like it's like, like there's just something so... Just eating death, no big deal. <laughs> just, I mean, I do think that, you know, when you think of, when I think of mushrooms, they, they are kind of in the shade or they're, they're, um, oh my God, I was going to say nocturnal is nocturnal. Like they're night, they're night elements, nightshades, nightshades. That's what I was trying to go for. Um, they, there, there is something of them that feels, uh, closer to the shadows or, and in my mind, I'm going to say closer to death than, than they are to the light of life. (laughs) Well, they're one of the Um, only creatures that can survive without sunlight, right? Yeah, totally. Very goth. And they, it, totally goth, total goth, you know, um, and you know there are there are in effect various strains of of mushrooms that that do kind of grow from nothing but uh, you know dead things, dead bodies, and like even even like I mean like treat like they they rise up from like decaying plant matter, so I don't know like there's something about that that like that they are so intrinsically connected, tethered to death in their own kind of genesis, in their own kind of life cycle, that to tether it to grief, it doesn't feel like such a far cry to me because grief to me is the kind of like, how do you exist after after the death of someone close to you? Like, how do you move on? How do you exist? It's not even moving on. It's, it's just how do you, how do you continue? Um, and grief is the kind of like the the one of the motions, one of the actions that, that is born out of death. Um, so if I was to kind of, you know, in my mind's eye, like imagine what does grief look like? It would probably be a little, little goth mushroom kind of like growing out of, growing out of your heart. (laughs) Now, as cute as that sounds, this book is very scary. And so if this book well, something that we have been asking our, our spooky writers, because this is how we talk about them on the show. If Ghost Eaters was a dish at an Indian restaurant, how many red chili peppers would be next to it, scary-wise? Oh, man. I mean, it's so... Oh, God. Of all the questions, this is the one that freaks me out the most, because I, I don't want to get the the range wrong. Are we talking, like, one through ten spicy? Like, one through four or five. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I might be conservative and say three but i would really hope for four um i i mean as a person who read it and loved it i would i would say that it sits there yeah but it's funny because what are i'm gonna i'm totally mealy mouthing this but like when you're having a dish an indian dish there's some sort of like seed that they use for flavoring Mm -hmm. but you never are supposed to eat the seed it's not like a peppercorn but it's like a I'm totally losing my my bona fides here, but like there's some some kind of ingredient that like they put it into the food while you're cooking it, but they leave it in there, and it's like a 
it's like a pod or a, like a uh oh oh wait no what it what when you're having like cider and like they have the like the apples or the like the thing the oranges and they put the like the cloves thing in, cloves cloves that's it Point, got, yes. i got you so they put the cloves in the indian food and it gives it its seasoning and its flavor and then you end up accidentally eating one because they leave it in the food for some damn reason. (laughs) That is like, rather than being on the spice meter, I think it's the kind of like you're you're, you take a bite of the food (laughs) and like in the bite, there is the thing you are not supposed to eat that like totally like ruins the mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Flawless bitch. (laughs) It is the clove of the Indian meal. I I love it. And I love this book. So before <laughs> before you go, I, I you know what? I, I love this and I will happily recommend listeners have this experience of finding a clove in their in their mouthful of Indian food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before you go, what is your sp- spooky edition? Spooky things. What is your reader wheelhouse? What are the sort of scary, any kind of trope, any kind of subject, something that when you see a scary book that has this, you're like, I want to read that. Oh, my God. Haunted anything. Like, you know, I know we talked about like haunted houses and I know we talked about ghost eaters being about a haunted drug. Like if if you can just say two words and it's haunted, whatever, like just mad lib anything, it'll be just like throw haunted in front of it. I am so there. Haunted tennis shoe, haunted flashlight, haunted (laughs) Like, like, honestly, like, you know, we were having this conversation earlier about, you know, the haunted Alexa that is Gus Moreno's. Oh my God. I love that book. It's amazing. Right. And like, if you had to tell someone about it, it'd be like, oh, it's about a haunted Alexa. And they'd be like, what? I mean, like it, like, I just love, haunted stuff like if you could just take anything and say there's a ghost in there i'm in i'm down i love it (laughs) it's like that joke where you pat the top of your car and you're like this baby can fit so many ghosts in here (laughs) (laughs) just cram them in it's a clown car ghost (laughs) that's a lot of ghosts uh (laughs) so clay you're on tour right now you're doing all kinds of stuff where can listeners buy the book where can they find you are you doing anything fun for halloween event wise oh my god event wise i'm going everywhere um i'll be let's see next i'll be in baltimore then i'll be in uh what is it uh houston texas and then i will be in kentucky uh and then i'll come home and i'll trick-or-treat with my kids um but yeah i you know i'm online i like you can do the the twittery thing and the instagrammy thing and the facebook thing um but yeah fine i'll i'll be i'll be on the road and i'm coming to la in november and i'm i will be there i'm very excited excited to see you excited to celebrate this book clay congratulations and thank you so much for coming on the show Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners, Hannah writes in, 
Hello, Bria and Mallory. My name is Hannah, and I just found your podcast a couple months ago and have been devouring it ever since. I haven't worked my way all the way back through your catalog yet, so I'm not entirely sure if you've talked about the subject before, but I figured it couldn't hurt to ask. Recently, I read a really buzzy book. One TikTok was really pushing it as a new sapphic horror must-read, and I have to say I hated it. I forced myself all the way through because I really liked the premise, but I didn't enjoy a single page. I thought the writing was bad, the plot didn't make any sense, etc. I'd like to keep tabs on my Goodreads page of my thoughts on books, as I just recently started reading again but I really don't want to write a negative review and I really do want to support young LGBTQ plus horror authors. How would you both go about giving your honest thoughts while remaining respectful of an artist's work? I've been able to do it before face-to-face in an educational setting, but as for book reviews, I'm completely new and very torn. Bria, what should Hannah do? Um, well, first, there are places that make this a bit easier. So like Storygraph, um, less on how you felt and more of a way just like, this is what this book is about. This covers these topics. Um, you can just do a general, like, this is what this book is, which will help get this author's uh, work out there. So Storygraph is a great place for that if you are open to using a new app. You can also on Goodreads just mark red. You don't have to give it um, any sort of mm-hmm. stars. Um, but I'm going to say this. If TikTok is really pushing this on you, TikTok showed up to your house and gave you this book and said, you must read it. <laughs> Don't feel like you have to carry that banner too. You don't have to jump on this bandwagon. Like if there, there are obviously people out there loving this book. They're pushing this book on TikTok. Let them do the good work of promoting this cool author. You are not one of the people who like this author. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I know you want to be supportive. You didn't like this book. You do not like this author. Let those people yell it from the mountains and you focus on the books that you do love and you want the world to see. Because being genuine is way more important than supporting an author just because other people are supporting the author or just because I look, I get it. You want to support a young LGBTQ plus horror author. That's really cool. There are a lot of them out there. And like, there are ones that you can find that you will like. Um, So unless you are a paid book reviewer and your boss is like, you got to review this book. You don't have to say anything. I just go by Mm -hmm. the Bambi rule. You know, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all and go support an author you do like, like we, we really, I like classes are so nice, Mallory. They're so nice. They want to be supportive. You truly are. And we like that you want to be supportive. That's like, so that's so sweet, but you don't have to support a book you don't like, (laughs) like just in the same way. Like if you went to the store and there were like multiple kinds of cereal, you don't have to buy the cereal you don't like, just, you don't have to, you can buy the cereal you do like, um, Mallory, what, what, <laughs> like, what do you think that uh, Hannah should do? Sweet Hannah, sweet person. Well, Hannah, first off, I want to say I fucking get it. You know, yeah. reviewing a book that you didn't like by an author you want to support is always going to be a pickle. Sure. And first off, I do want to say, Hannah, next time, dump that fucking book. Yeah, then you won't have to be with this you, problem because you won't have to talk about it. Oh, yeah. You never have to read a buzzy book that is a big tenet of reading glasses. That's hours of your life you were never getting back i know that you feel like especially when you're on tiktok you're on social media and all like there's all these people and all this buzz around a book that's saying you got to read it you got to read it you got to read it and you feel the pressure resist that pressure you never have to read a buzzy book even especially if you're not liking it you say you hated every single page oh my god hannah i wish i could like go back in time and find you while you were starting this book and like grab it and replace it with a bar of chocolate instead and like disappear (laughs) Please just dump it next time. Try to resist that social media pressure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you want to post or if you truly want to post a review of this, which both Bree and I are saying you 
don't need to don't, and you probably pressure, shouldn't. You yeah. can just mark it as read. Yeah, mark it as read. My go-to way to talk about a book, whether that's online or in person or whatever it is that I didn't like, skip the star rating, of course, just give it no rating and say, not for me, but it's perfect for fans of X, Y, and Z. Hmm. You know, yeah. that's the way that I say it. You know what? And you don't even have to say it wasn't for you if you feel that uncomfortable. But, you know, you can be like, a lot of this stuff wasn't in my wheelhouse, but it's perfect for people looking for a new sapphic horror book. Or, you know, or check this out if you're looking for a sapphic horror book. That way you can help the book find someone who might like it while also being honest about how you felt. You don't have to go, go you don't have to say that, what, what, did, what did he say? The plot was bad. The writing was bad. You don't have to say any of that if you don't want to. No. You were, there's no pressure. I know, I feel like in this, in this age that we live in of social media, there's like so much pressure to like put everything online. You got to put a picture of every sandwich you eat. You got to put all your thoughts I about am, everything. You gotta here, I got to say this though. I am interested in what sandwiches y'all are eating. So peep that that, that <laughs> kind of content coming. Perfect. Hannah, instead of uploading a long, well-thought-out review of this book, upload a fi- picture of a sandwich and tag Bria in it. I like that when, when people read a bad Swap book, and from now on, all the glassers read a bad book, and they don't want to talk about it on the internet, I start getting sandwich Up- tags. I'm like, why am I getting tagged on all these sandwiches? Upload a picture of a sandwich and said, it's the way to go. But yeah, we, we've we've talked so much on the show about how you know you don't you don't need to to review to say your specific reviews for books if you like them or if you didn't like them. You just don't don't need to do it. Um, you can post about them. You can you know whatever it is. Um, but a quick like here's the wheelhouse items for this book. Check this out if this is what you're looking for. But it wasn't for me. Is a really easy way to uh, to do this. I mean, I'd love to hear tips from other glassers about, about how they like to re- talk about books that they didn't like. Um, but again, I, I don't use them any, like a Goodreads or Storygraphed. I don't, I don't venture into those spaces because I'm also an author. But it tells me a lot if I'm looking on like my book buddy or something and a book has no rating and no review, I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't need to spend, the thing is, the way that I look at it is like, you already spent, all the, these hours of your life on this book that you didn't like, why spend more time talking about I why agree. you like this book has already sapped so much of your life. Yeah. Like just don't, don't bother. Don't sink any more time into it, you know? Mm-hmm. So Hannah, let us know what you end up doing and other glassers. Let us know what your strategies are for talking about books that you didn't like. Um, and it's always, if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember you can buy reading glasses, totes and shirts and stickers over at our void merch store. We are going to be retiring some designs soon because we're going to get some new stuff and we're going to make, make room for new designs. And we're going to be getting rid of a couple of our older designs. So we are retiring a couple things from our store. We're retiring the merchandise that says the ones that say reading and Mallory and glasses and Bria and podcast. And we're going to retire the reading cap, which we like a lot, but we have some new ideas and we want to make sure they get some attention. So we're retiring those two. So if you really want either one of those on a mug, on a shirt, on a pillow, I have a, a really nice little throw pillow with some reading glasses stuff on it. If you want that little reader cat on, on some sort of, uh, I don't know what else you can get, but a, just a mug to read in the morning. In the morning, you're reading. You got it. You got a rug with a cat cat on it. You got to get that soon. We're going to be retiring those very soon. So it's last call for those so we can add some new cool designs to our store. So there's a link in the show notes for that. And if you want to support us and do something 
do it for free. You can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It is great for us and helps us reach more readers, listeners, and sponsors, which is very helpful for us. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.